0: men and women in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, today's a different kind of Sunday. It's where we do something called Five on Five. This is where you get to hear from five people, share their testimonies. It's kind of like a basketball game. Today, you will be there, will be five different speakers, and uh, in that, so five this service, five next service, five the third service. And today, our theme is being thankful for God's grace on our lives. Ephesians two, eight through ten say this for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this enough from yourselves it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So every one of us should be thankful for God's grace Towards our lives the word grace simply means God's favor his benefits and gifts we didn't deserve them but he gave them to us anyway because he loves his kids and Jesus came to rescue you and me even when we didn't think we needed to be rescued and by his grace to reveal us to us his call and our purpose for each one of our lives so today I hope you will see yourself in these stories you're about to hear and Believe that God put you here at the right time and in the right place. Now, before we get started, let me give you the ground rules, all right? Here's what these speakers have to be aware of. Number one, each speaker will come up and introduce themselves, except the first speaker. I will introduce that one. The timer will begin once they get up here. At the end of five minutes, a buzzer will go off. How many like the buzzer to go off? I love it when someone gets buzzed. All right, so so like the end of a, of a quarter in a basketball game. If the, I'm talking about the buzzer, not the other. Okay. Uh, at the end of five minutes, that buzzer will go off. If the speaker continues, they will get 30 seconds of grace, and then the buzzer will go off again, to which the next speaker will come up and just take the mic from them and introduce themselves. We have some husbands and wives speaking today. I'm looking forward to one of them just taking the mic from the other. <laughs> then the overtime speaker will then walk off in shame. I mean, with their head. I mean, no. The, 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 there you go, right there. Yep. So that's when they come up and lose their time. Then the timer will then begin again after the new speaker comes up and introduces themselves. The process starts all over. Now, last, the last thing I need to tell you is this. Every one of these speakers might, not everyone, but some of them might be a little nervous. So you need to cheer them on. You need to say amen. Let's say amen. Amen. And you might say sick them to them, <laughs> but whatever, and applaud them as they share. So here's our first speaker today. Uh, I've known this guy since I was a teenager. We went to, uh, we played church league basketball together against each other. Uh, My team usually won. No, it didn't. (laughs) Very good basketball player, but also went to Grace Harbor College together. And then he went on to Washington State, and I went to Portland Bible College. And then he became uh, a county assessor, and uh, just so on and so on. But uh, I love this guy. He's not only been friends with me since uh, high school, but he's been a dear friend all the way through our marriage. We love him dearly. Would you give Paul Easter a big hand as he comes to share this morning.
1: Okay. Please don't start the timer till I get this adjusted. <laughs> I need everything I can get. So good morning. Good, morning. good morning. I grew up in a Christian home, and as a family, we attended Sunday school and church services regularly. I have two brothers, two sisters, and we all were well cared for by wonderful, godly parents who prayed for us daily. When dad was at work, mom would often tell us stories about Jesus and how he helped our family. And one day, when I was about 12 years old, mom asked me if I wanted to invite Jesus into my heart and to forgive my sins and to be my Lord and Savior for the rest of my life. I said yes, and shortly thereafter, I was baptized. Sadly, as the years went by, I didn't really understand the depth of the mercy, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus, and his promise of an internal cover of his righteousness even when I stumbled, or better put, when I sinned. Although I was trying to live my life according to God's word, I was uncertain of my standing with Jesus. What if I sinned and suddenly my life ended or the rapture occurred? Would I be lost forever? And how could I ever think of being perfect all the time? When I was periodically asked if I was certain that I was going to heaven, my standard answer was, well, I hope so. It seemed to me that if I answered yes, then I was claiming to be perfect. And of course, I knew I wasn't. I want you to know that I take full responsibility for my ignorance. Due to my own insecurities, I failed to ask questions or better yet, study God's word on this subject. What a blessed relief it was when Karen and I started attending Pastor Doug and Lois's church. They shared how even they fall short of being perfect, and in their humanness, they too rely on the tender mercies, love, forgiveness, and cover of righteousness afforded by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I had never heard this before by pastors. Praise God for wonderful, humble, and loving pastors. This brings to mind something that I recently read, and that is that God has two categories of people, unsaved sinners and saved sinners. Simply put, when I became a Christ follower, I did not become perfect. I had that same human frailty that requires me to ask Jesus to forgive me and me to forgive others. Even though there was a period of time that I didn't fully understand what it meant to be saved, my salvation and standing with Jesus was safe because the Bible says the following. The gift and the call of God are irrevocable. Right. Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, and the inheritance he gives is incorruptible and does not fade away, and that's in 1 Peter. I just love John 10, 27 through 30, where, he said, where Jesus is saying, "'My sheep hear my voice, and I know them.'" And they follow me, and I give them eternal life and that they should never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I am so thankful that our security is not in our ability to hold on to Christ's hand but in his ability to hold us in his. In addition to my salvation and my secured reservation now in heaven, Jesus promises a more abundant life, even in this fallen world. He has blessed my life more than I could ever have imagined. He gave me a wonderful wife. Awesome kids, grandchildren, a neat daughter and son-in-law. And not only did he give me a great career, he made me successful. We have gone through some times of sadness with family illness, death of loved ones, and the loss of my job. But during those times, we always felt that the comfort of the Lord, and he had always brought us through those times, Not just kind of, but triumphantly. We give him all the praise and the glory. And and we just thank you, Lord. You are our king. You are our savior. You were and are and are to come. And so I just want to say, if you're listening to some of these uh, testimonies and you haven't given your heart to the Lord, you're online or you're here today, you can't go wrong by giving yourself over. He'll change you. He'll forgive you, and he'll he'll just set you free.
2: Good morning. My name is Karen Easter. I grew up in Eastern Washington in a loving family with wonderful parents and two younger brothers. I attended Sunday school in a small church when I was young, and I was a member of the church choir, which is really kind of shocking. (laughs) But my family didn't attend church regularly. I did believe in God. I just didn't know about Jesus yet. After high school, I attended college. That's where everything changed. My parents became Christ followers, and I met Paul. In 1977, I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Paul and I dated all through college. When Paul was preparing to ask me to marry him, he asked if I would still want to uh, marry him if he became a pastor. I just realized what's wrong here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I said I would, but I wanted him to know that I don't sing in public or play the piano. We were married in 1978. We built a wonderful life together on the rock, consulting and trusting Jesus all along the way. We attended church at a small church in Monteceno, where I was baptized. Ephesians four six says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, control your anger and deal with it quickly. We have strived to live by this our entire marriage. Paul and I will celebrate our 45th anniversary in December. Thank you. And I am so thankful for the extraordinary life Jesus has given us. We are so blessed. We have two children, Brooke and Kyle, who are also Christ followers. And they are so wonderful. Along with their spouses, who are also Christ followers. We have two grandchildren, Brody, who is six, and Cameron, who is three, who bring joy beyond our wildest dreams. There is nothing sweeter than watching them close their eyes as we join hands in a circle of love when we pray and with them. And yes, at times there's a lot of peeking going on. <laughs> Our family is so precious to us. God is so good. In 2006, Doug and Lois invited Paul, along with some other public officials, to speak at CLF. Paul was county assessor at the time. We began attending church there, and Doug and Lois have been our pastors ever since. I have learned so much from them, and they have made a huge impact on my life, along with many others in our Harbor City Church family. Faith means believing the unbelievable, having the ability to trust God when it doesn't seem like there's a solution. Becoming a follower of Christ is the best decision I ever made. I have learned how to trust and lean on my faith, not to worry so much. Even though I do have a relapse every now and then, I still know that Jesus is in control and I am His. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5-6, through 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths." As some of you know, it hasn't all been smooth sailing for us. We've had some pretty difficult events happen, such as the loss of our parents, two siblings, a brother-in-law, and a sister-in-law. Paul lost his job at age 58. After working in Montesano for his entire life with a five-minute drive to his office, he was suddenly unemployed, and we were shocked and uneasy. Life changed dramatically. Uh, God provided, however, and Paul found himself driving to Tacoma for two years to a job with the state. That was really shocking. (laughs) He changed everything for us. We got in the same retirement system. It was like, We didn't skip a beat. It was wonderful. Paul was then promoted to Tumwater, a much easier commute. God has been with us all the way, and he was our guiding light through it all. In 2019, I moved to Eastern Washington to live with my mom for the last six months of her life, then stayed on for two additional months to settle her affairs after she passed. (laughs) All the while, Paul was home helping his parents. As his mother's illness progressed, she passed away five months after we lost my mom. It was so hard, but the Lord saw us through it all. I know he will be there no matter what we face. In closing, I give all the glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for everything in my life. And I'm so thankful for his amazing grace. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh Lord. Great
3: job. Good job, sister. Good job, sister. Hi, my name's uh, Jake Jackson. Uh, to sum up my life before Jesus in about a minute is very challenging, so here's the bullet points. I was and am a very driven person and very goal-oriented. My life consisted of what I desired next and then focusing all my time, energy, and resources to attain that goal. I was an avid archery hunter, a long-distance runner, and a self-taught investor to name a few. Back then, if I wasn't running or training, I was planning for elk season or engrossed in every move of the stock market. When problems would arise in my life that I didn't know how to handle, I would go for a run and just try to figure it out. And when that didn't work, I'd just compartmentalize it. Of the many events that led to my depression, two clearly stand out. In the fall of 2018, I witnessed the immediate aftermath of a truly horrific car accident. Not knowing what to say to someone who's taking their last breaths is a total nightmare. Almost exactly one year later, on October 31st, 2019, I stood bedside as my mother took her last breaths, lost her long long battle with alcoholism. Again, I couldn't find the words. Depression took a solid foothold in my life. How I came to know Jesus. By August of 21, I would ask myself on a seemingly daily basis, what is the purpose of this life? This really can't be all there is. On August 16th, 2021, I found myself watching a town hall meeting where they were discussing the current state of the world. The speaker was making solid scientific statements regarding how things were being handled. Point after point made logical sense, but I had no idea where she was going with it. After about five minutes, she said, don't you get it? It's communism. It's here. And then something clicked inside of me and I could see things for what they were. I collapsed to the floor. I couldn't breathe. I thought I was having a heart attack. Later, I found out it was a panic attack. Um, as I was on all fours alone in my living room, trying to take in air, my mind was racing. I was, This is evil. Our, our government is actively killing our people. Like, how can this be? And I thought to myself, you can't die. You, you have to tell everyone what's going on. And then... <laughs> Then a calming presence came over me, and then calming thoughts came into my head saying, just breathe, just breathe. After a few seconds, I was able to catch my breath. Um, My life would change dramatically from that day forward. I didn't sleep much that night, quit my job the next day, took all my money out of the stock market, and I dedicated my life to finding out the root of this evil. (laughs) I knew to fight something, you had to do the opposite to the maximum. And to me, the opposite of evil is love. So that's what I started telling people is we just, we have to find a way to love one another. (sighs) (sighs) I spent all day, every day digesting as much information as possible, down every rabbit hole you could imagine. I questioned everything. The evil got darker and darker and I I couldn't make sense of it. The evil was even beyond human lifespans. That that really didn't make any sense to me. After three and a half months of searching and not getting any closer to an answer, I took the advice of a friend and looked into Jesus. He had me watch the Star of Bethlehem, and there were truths in there that I didn't understand, but I knew they were true. A couple days later, I came across a a two-and-a-half-hour interview on the Shroud of Turin, and as skeptical as I was about everything in life, I knew that that cloth covered Jesus, and I knew he was not of this world. So there I was again, (laughs) alone in my living room, being shown something I couldn't comprehend. The first time, I was shown an evil deception. The second time, God showed me the opposite. An image of of himself. Truth at a level I couldn't comprehend. So, right then and there, I prayed to him for the first time. That was November 29th, 21. (laughs) So, the next day, I started started trying to read the Bible and learn about him. Over the weeks and months, uh, God cut away things in my life that didn't belong, replaced them with, with things that did. He healed me of wounds that I thought couldn't be healed. He has taken me on a journey that I can't even begin to describe in a few minutes. His word, the truth, has truly set me free. John 8:31 states, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, "If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free."
4: I feel like I need some Rocky Balboa music playing. <laughs> da, 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 da. All right. well, my name's Alyssa. I'm Jake's wife. Um, I do not want this buzzer going off in me, so I'm going to be really summarizing my journey. So if you'd like to hear my whole testimony, please reach out to me so we can grab a cup of coffee and swap some testimonies. Here we go. I accepted God into my heart and was water baptized at eight years old at Central Park Baptist Church. That pastor retired, leading my family to CLF where we found pastors Doug and Lois and attended for a couple years until they left and that's when I stopped attending church and stopped following God for some time. Throughout almost my whole childhood, up to my late 20s, I had many experiences that I thought were paranormal. Come to find out recently that it was much more than that. Between watching a giant six-fingered handprint show up right in front of me, I still have the picture, being kept awake at night from loud footsteps right outside my door almost every night for years, and seeing unforgettably awful demonic figures in multiple states of sleep paralysis that made me obsessed with watching paranormal scary movies and shows which I now know is very unhealthy for my mind and spirit, I know the enemy was trying to keep me derailed and keep me in a state of fear and anxiety. At a young age, I let the world get the best of me, and I married a man that I knew was not right for me. I found out the hard way that he was having a long-term affair, which led to divorce. I was so frustrated with God at the time. I don't know how many of you have watched The Chosen But I felt exactly like Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree, yelling to God, do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Answer me when I call. But I heard nothing, and the silence was deafening. I was angry and lost. I made partying and drinking a priority. I wanted to numb the pain of loneliness and heartbreak. And at just the right time, Jake and I met. It was absolutely planned by God. We were two completely different people five years ago than we are today. You guys would not recognize us. (laughs) We were very of the world and lost without knowing it. And then COVID hit. I work in the dental field and being in the healthcare industry, we were some of the first to be offered the COVID vaccines. I immediately signed up without hesitation because I wanted to keep my elderly patients safe. The second Moderna shot made me so sick that I was hallucinating, vomiting, and couldn't even turn my body over to make an emergency phone call. The Symptoms worsened by the day. My heart was palpitating furiously every single day, multiple times a day. My blood oxygen levels were constantly low, making me feel lightheaded, and moving quickly made me feel like I was going to faint. I didn't think I was going to die. I knew I was going to die. I remember crying on my 29th birthday thinking it was going to be my last. (laughs) Fast forward a few months, Jake and I decided to try out a friend of a friend's Pentecostal church in Puyallup, where a man got up and said God told him that there's someone in the crowd suffering from a hurt left shoulder and someone suffering with heart problems. He asked those people... (laughs) He asked those people to raise their hands. Thank you. (laughs) I could feel the blood rush from my head. One person raised their hand about their left shoulder. He looked out in the crowd and said, Is anyone out there with heart problems? Keep in mind, I grew up in a Baptist church, so I'm like, What is going on? I sat in silence. That same man came up to Jake and I after the service and said, Hey, did either of you by chance have any heart issues? And that's when I confessed. He asked me to place my hand over my heart, and he prayed for me. My heart had one grand finale of a heart palpitation, and I was healed. God gave me a new heart and a second chance, which gave me a whole new mindset I remember how much I enjoyed Pastors Doug and Lois, and we decided to try Harbor City Church, where I chose to rededicate my life to God. And we have been home ever since. God has blessed me with a whole new family and a strong, God-fearing husband that only he could dream up for me. My testimony is far from over, and looking back, I can see that God has always been with me. Even under the fig tree, shining his face upon me through all these years and all my trials, which brings me to my favorite verse, numbers six twenty-four through twenty-six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.
5: I don't need that. Oh. I, Good morning, church. I love you guys. And I am going to put these on first. (laughs) My name is John Mayer. I was born in a Catholic hospital in Seattle, an infant of an addicted mother who was addicted to heroin and given up for adoption. I was raised by Catholic parents who adopted eight children, myself being the youngest. I had no real interaction with my brothers and sisters growing up. My mother was a stay-at-home mom, an alcoholic who over the years became addicted to prescription medications as well, which left my dad working and doing most of the caretaking of us kids, so that meant little one on one time with either parent. My dad did well by us being that he owned a successful logging business, so I was known as the fat, rich kid at school and not treated well there. I would bring toys to school and just give them away to try and make friends. It didn't work, so I became lonely and started acting out in school, being the class clown getting into trouble. My behavior escalated until junior high, where I first started noticing weed and alcohol. Being that mom used and my brother David, who I'm idolized, also used, I knew what to do and where to find it. So I would steal Dave's weed, my mom's pills, and my dad's beer, and I was off and running, an addict for sure. It seemed I had found my way to make friends and be noticed by getting into trouble. Around around that time, I started getting into trouble with law enforcement, but I continued using into my freshman year in high school, where mid-year I went to first period class, high on psilocybin mushrooms at 7 a.m. in the morning, and made such a disruption in class that I was sent to the principal's office. When they realized I was high, I was expelled. It was the last straw. I was 15, and my dad said if I wasn't going to school, I was going to work for him. I was still breaking law, burglarizing, forging my parents' signatures on checks, stealing money, and eventually I was arrested for burglary at 16, but with my dad's good name, he got the judge to send me to a military school in Utah instead of juvenile hall. It was for two years. I lasted one year and got a dishonorable discharge. When I got back home, my dad got the high school to give me another chance, and a second burglary ended that. And I, I, again, was given another chance and sent to a survival camp for wayward teens in Montana, where after eight months, I burglarized at the head counselor's house with another kid, got drunk on his liquor, and got kicked out of the school. I went back to work for my dad. He really tried to get me to change my life around, all the while dealing with an addicted wife, the four kids at home, and a business. He was a good man. He died during one of my prison stits, and I never got to tell him that. By the time I was 17, I had found ether-based cocaine, and as I hung out with guys older than me who dealt drugs, I learned about needles and even became addicted to those, shooting myself so many times in the arm that I couldn't close them. I couldn't make money fast enough to support an everyday cocaine habit, so I was burglarizing, dealing in hot stolen goods, and eventually in cocaine-induced and frenzy, did 17 armed robberies in three days. I never even covered my face. I just ran until they caught me in a car with some fellas after we had just burglarized a policeman's house. They thought we had guns. It was very intense. I felt my, like my life was hanging by a thread with 30 guns aimed at my head, ready to shoot me. My dad couldn't help me this time. He had used up my get-out-of-jail-free cards, and I received five years in prison. It was right as I turned 18. I was sent to McNeil Island Prison out in the Bay of Stelecombe, where I learned to be a better criminal and was introduced to heroin. I developed a heroin habit. I was surrounded by violence and negativity, and when I got out, I was off and running again. I heard of P2P crystal meth, a very powerful speed. Heroin had almost killed me after three overdoses, and living to tell the tale, I'd had enough. But the meth habit made me continue my law-breaking ways. Within six months, I was back in prison, and this would become my life, in and out of prison, from 1986 until 2022, including 13 straight years for armed robbery. I got out in the year of 2021 to take care of my mother, my dying mother, and I stayed clean and sober the whole time, making a promise to her that I would. The day she passed, I went out and shot methamphetamine and was back in prison within four months. I believe my years of incarceration kept me alive because I used 110%, and surely if I'd been on the streets all their years, I would have died a violent death. God was working in my life back then. I just didn't realize it yet. I was released October 3, 2022, with a cancer diagnosis from 2018. It was released with me. I was released to a clean and sober house up here on Scammell Hill, where every day I would pass by Harbor City Church on my way to NA meetings, or to see my parole officer, or one of a dozen other things I had to do as a newly released ex-con. About the second week of my release, I was walking by the church, and a voice clear as if it was coming from someone standing right in front of me said, you're not walking by this church one more week without coming in here. That that Sunday, I walked through the doors of Harbor City Church and never looked back. Brothers and sisters looking at me, see yourselves emerge from whatever darkness befalls you and step into the light of Jesus Christ. And by the way, I get off parole next month after 38 years.
0: Let's stand. Isn't God good? amazing amazing testimonies every head bowed every eye closed you didn't walk in here by accident this morning maybe somebody brought you maybe you just ended up showing up here but i was thinking of paul easter and how he grew up in church how many know you grew up in church and still not know jesus same with karen and how they grew up great good people but it took an encounter with the Lord to change their lives and their trajectory. Jake and Alyssa, both of them, after a search of what what's real, what life is all about, they found Christ. And then of course, John. John's an amazing miracle. 38 years of in and out of drugs, and God saves him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe that's you this morning, and you know you're not here by accident. You either need to come back to Christ or you need to come to Jesus for your first time. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in just a moment. Don't leave this building today without coming to know Christ. So if that's you, be bold, raise your hand and say, that's me, I need to come back to Jesus or come to him. Raise him high, don't be ashamed, don't be afraid. I see one, two, three, four, five, six hands. Awesome. All right, let's all pray this prayer together. Say this with me by faith Father God, Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and all my failures. Come into my life, be my Savior my lord my boss my friend and my king and by your grace and by your power i will serve you for the rest of my life in jesus mighty name and everybody said amen all right let's take a moment and sing a song then you get some coffee and then get out of here